102.3 WHIVLP New Orleans Community Radio, dedicated to human rights and social justice in all wars. Hey, this is Joe from Wolfpack. You're listening to WHIV 102.3 New Orleans. That's the sound of your turn signal. Use it. Let other riders and drivers know where you are turning. It will help save lives. Remember, turn signals save lives. Hi, this is Sam Price. I host Soul Shine Radio every Tuesday night from 10 to 12. I believe in WHIV's mission of radio programming dedicated to human rights and social justice, which is why I'm not just a DJ here at the station, I'm a member too. Join me. Become a member today by visiting whivfm.org and click donate. Thanks. Peace. Let you up on top and now I'm going to put you down again. See you spread your wings every now and then. Maybe mama stay, but I won't do it again. This is 102.3 WHIV, and we are listening to the great Jim Jones in the background. And we're getting ready to get started on Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving. Dr. Griggs got stuck with some traffic. We have a great guest uh, with us uh, today. Before we get started, let me remind you all that WHIV is a community radio station, and we provide a platform for independent voices with your support, all WHIV hosts and DJs. Our volunteers, we do this service for the community because now more than ever, we need a radio station that's dedicated to human rights and social justice, and that's what we do. We provide that voice for human rights and social justice, so please consider becoming a member of WHIV by setting up a recurring donation of any amount that you wish. All uh, donations to WHIV are tax-deductible. You can donate a dollar a month, five, ten, however much uh, that you can do. It would be amazing because that would help us. We also have... Lots of cool swag on our website, T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and we keep uh, Dave Rossin and Kelly Burke keep putting new things on there, which is always very cool. So if you go to whivfm.org, click donate, uh, or click store, you can uh, find some of our cool stuff. Um, I We do appreciate uh, all the donations, uh, and as the founder of the radio station, every time I get a donation, I always appreciate it, and we send a thank you letter out to you appreciating that. So at WHIV, we are not a radio station with a mission. We are a mission with a radio station, End All Wars. And let's get started. So preventing HIV is easy. Get prep. You can get free HIV testing at any Access Health location. Plus, same-day primary care appointments are always available. Access Health has a new location in downtown New Orleans at the Pythian Building, where individuals may be seen for diagnosis and treatment for HIV, STIs, and PrEP. Plus, all Access Health Louisiana... 
Louisiana patients qualify for discounted medications through the pharmacy that they have there. More information is available at accesshealthla.org. That's accesshealthla.org. I have been reading that promotion now for about three or four months, and what I have not actually uh, uh, followed up with uh, is that that uh, Access Health, I'm actually an employee. My name is Mark Allendary. We are waiting. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Dare. Doc Griggs is on his way. And that clinic, I'm having problems with my microphone, that clinic is actually my clinic, and we are underwritten by Access Health, uh, and it is really an honor and pleasure to have uh, the, um, as our guest today, it is an honor and pleasure to have uh, the uh, Vice President of Operations at Access Health, James Como, uh, who has been part of the Access Health family for 15 years. Uh, and we, uh, uh, Griggs and I are, are going to interview James today to talk about uh, all things FQHCs and expanded Medicaid, uh, and then also to talk about James, about James, because James is a, a great guy, and also <laughs> apparently he can out Griggs, uh, Griggs and I on a microphone, so we are going to see if that's the case as well. Also, don't forget to put your phone on silent. Oh. Um, so with that being said, it's really a pleasure to have on air with us uh, uh, James James, uh, who also I also, also want to say, friend, that in, in light of full disclosure, is my boss. So if you see me not being as snarky as I usually am, know that I'm interviewing my boss. <laughs> no, probably just means I'll be more snarky. <laughs> yeah, right, you should. You, you definitely should be more snarky. Um, James, welcome to well, welcome to WHIV. Thanks. I know it's been a while. Or so you've never been here. No, it's the first time I've ever been here. Yeah. yeah. So welcome to WHIV, and uh, and I can't wait for Griggs to come on board. Uh, welcome to Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show. Um, so I guess let's just kind of jump into it. I know that you are, uh, and we'll just kind of get you, uh, kind of your intro done, and then this way when Griggs comes in, we can start jumping into other stuff. But you are a social. You're, you're from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. I. Um uh, grew up in Metairie, right? Big old suburb. I could see that. And I, then I figured out, like, oh, probably that's not, you know, that's not a cool place to live. So I just just went over and moved into New Orleans right after I graduated from from college. So. Right, that was probably a smart thing to do. Where did you go to college? Oh, so I, so I have a, a undergraduate degree from um, from Loyola and mass communication. Right. Oh, good. I- how perfect. Right. <laughs> Hang yeah. on. Like, wait, so wait. I have actually sat in a studio yeah, before. I'm sure. And, I'm sure. Probably so much so. nicer than this one, too. <laughs> no, um, no, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so, and so also sure. let me say, I, I'm not from, I've lived in Louisiana for almost 15 years now, right? And so, but one thing I've not learned to say, because it has zero relevance to me, where did you go to high school? Uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So I was going to go back. <laughs> so I got my master's um, in, uh, master's in social work at Tulane um, in 1990. Um <laughs> Yeah, but he went to Archbishop Brummel High School. Okay, that yeah. sounds like some. So, so yeah, sorry. I was a, I was a Catholic kid. That's and went, what it sounds. Went to uh, Catholic high school. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then uh, was it was it an all boys school? It's an all boys school. Wow. Yeah. All right, so it's old school. It is old school, and brand like half the time uh, was you can kind of wear whatever you want. Right. Um, and then when we started having a lot of kids with pot shirts on, they were like, okay, we're doing uniforms now. Right. Pot, pot, so this is like late seventies, early eighties pot. You said pot shirts. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So like a friend yeah, with weed, late 70s, a friend with 80s. weed is a friend indeed. Yeah. Something. And then it was always, it was always camouflage. So it wasn't exactly right, like, right, right. It didn't scream it. Right. Right. Um, right. But then they were like, oh no, inappropriate t-shirts. Okay. And the right. was no t-shirts. Then it was like, all right, you're wearing uniforms. Got it. So you were, 
were there so at the half, evolution of so, yeah halfway through <laughs> halfway through high school i'm uh wearing a uniform oh god to see a picture of that what were the uniforms are they like oh they, they were actually pretty cool you could wear khaki pants okay it wasn't pants, like and it was i saw like you like a little tie shirt. with like a little like little like suspenders with oh, no. like little shorts like i for some reason i had a swiss that was right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was grammar school <laughs> So in grammar school, we had little uniforms with ties and stuff like that. No suspenders and no no short pants. Got it. Okay. No short pants, yeah. I don't know why. I just went there. A very active it's imagination. Like the, it's like the academic version of the French maid outfit right, or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. All right. Okay. So uh, then you get your master's in social so I get work. I my master's there, uh, and then I, I go to work in some psych hospitals for a number of years. Right. Um, around in southern Louisiana? Yeah, yeah. All, all around here. Right. Yeah, okay. I worked at um, a couple of now defunct hospitals. Right. I was going to say, hospitals. Uh, psych hospitals. That's, yeah, like, they don't that sounds like, not around anymore. Right. Gentle seems like he got rid of all those. <laughs> yeah, whatever was left. <laughs> right. Uh, so then I did that, and then um, as as a case manager, as yeah, a social worker, on, uh, therapist, therapist, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. So at that LCS time, company. is is that when the social workers were able, or there was a time when social workers didn't do therapy? Was or has that always been part of the the uh, culture so you know, of social are, work? We we started as the friendly visitors, okay. which came to your house to help you with things like you know. I didn't know. That. Is that yeah, is that real? That's, uh, that's truly, yeah. Okay, the okay. Social workers, the were, friendly, were visitors. friendly visitors. Oh my god, I had no so they idea. Went, okay. went to your house and in your neighborhood and helped you. Okay. Kind of what a community health worker would be now. Right. right yeah. Right. So that's how we started. Um, yeah. No. So we. Um, so I had a caseload of I don't know ten kids or so, um, and took care of them. Therapy, individual therapy, group therapy, family therapy. Um, Got it. Did all their treatment planning and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. At, at the various uh, inpatient, yeah, inpatient institutions. Units, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. And then, uh, and then what happened from there? So then, uh, what did I do next? Um, got out and did residential treatment for substance abuse with the homeless population for I don't know about th- four or five years. Um, then had the opportunity to um, to have a. Um, programmatic change which is a nice way to say yeah the program changed and we all got laid off and so Ah, then i was looking for another job and i just stumbled upon um a job in saint charles parish uh, because a friend of mine said um actually it's an interesting story so i used to go to um uh the monday night chinese special lunch specials in the evening with a whole bunch of theater people and I just was like, I'm looking for a job. I don't know what everybody does in your in your day life. I know what we do at night, but I don't know what you do in your day life. So, um, so who was there? Yeah, so so some Myra Newstons, who's <laughs> one of our social workers, was there. Right. She's like, I'm an LCSW, and I'm like, I'm an LCSW too. <laughs> She's like, I know somebody you need to talk to. So I talked to who'd you get connected with? Someone out in St. Charles Parish, another another social social service organization. So you started off. Oh, so I went out to St. Charles Parish with a different company. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, yeah, got and it. And then uh, met Mark Kaiser, who is right. our boss, and um, had lunch with him. And next thing you know, I have a job as the director of behavioral health. Because you had been doing Charles Community Health Center, right? And so he at that point, so Mark Kaiser, who's the CEO, uh, who's obviously our boss, had originally he was the CEO of a hospital prior to that, and it spun that off to the the community center. Yes, uh, no. So we, uh, yeah. So he was working in. um, He's uh, traditionally most of his career has been in hospital hospital work. Admin Uh, stuff. Was consulting in St. Charles Parish about kind of the change of. Public health services were, were going to be eliminated by the state and, and the parish, and the, the parish was looking for some 
um, organization to really kind of pick up that. They had just spent a lot of um, political capital over multiple elections to to, to get um, um, funding, right. um, a bond, to build a building. So they have this nice $1.5 million building and nothing to put in it because the state is withdrawing the um, public health service. So he was consulting with the hospital on their expansion project. They asked and, him to and, kind of and, figure that out, and then we rolled into doing an FQHC, a federally qualified health center application. So before we get funded. before we get to that, because that's super yeah. important, I want to actually spend some time there. Sure. But before we get that, St. Charles Parish, just to be clear, th- that is the area that um, there's a lot of uh, industry yes. that's there, and yeah. so and in, in some and at this station, it gets referred to as Cancer Alley yeah. to a certain degree. So I'm just kind of just trying to paint a picture of sure. the, the need and necessity for health services, especially public health services, oh, sure. there because that is the area. So is St. Charles Parish somebody who's not from Louisiana. It's kind of the area right past the airport, I think, right? Yep. As you're driving yeah, to Baton Rouge. Past. And it's mm-hmm. right there on your, you know, it's kind of off along of, the, it's along the river, right? Yeah, it's along the river. And it's where all um, the smokestacks and all yes. of the, the oil the, refineries. When you see the flares and the smoking, right. yeah, that's St. That's Charles, Charles Parish. Parish. Yeah, and those so are in the... Uh, number of refineries and chemical plants there. So the need for healthcare facilities are, no, is yes. quite quite acute. Of course, right? So um, yeah, so a little statistics about St. Charles Parish it's got about fifty five, fifty eight thousand residents. Um, uh, just over a third of those residents are um, uh, living in poverty um, in what is one of the richest parishes in Louisiana. Um, we've been we've been there for seventeen years. Um, so actually, we been, yeah, as, as, as access as, health, as we were, yeah, St. Charles, Charles Community Health Center right, and we, right. we turned into access health. Right. Um, yeah. So we've been there 17 years. I would say that when, when we looked 10 years ago versus now with regards to kind of the health outcomes, that's starting, um, starting to improve. Um, we also see the, um, um, access to care in that parish and actually in most of the areas where we go begins to increase, especially in the population of people who are uninsured or Medicaid recipients. Sometimes in more rural locations, Medicare falls into that too. Um, But we're actually seeing more capacity and more access available to folks that traditionally don't. So then you would think that if folks access care, they're um, working in their treatment plan, uh, focused on their health, um, that their health will improve, and that's what we see is that so I was when gonna... access come when access health or any kind of access to health care, primary health care, that you do see um, the um, the clinical measures, the health measures of a particular community does improve because access to primary care does make a difference. So, And so I was going to ask you about that. So if you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is the Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving show with Doc Griggs and Dr. Dare. Doc Griggs is currently still uh, stuck in traffic, uh, but it's uh, we have, uh, and if, of all the times for Doc Griggs to be late, uh, would not be the one where we're interviewing our boss. So, <laughs> so I'm sure this will be noted in some in some, in some book somewhere. It's noted. I'm writing it down right now. Right. So if Doc Griggs is listening to this show, just know that James has got a book out and he's listing that you're late for our interview that you actually instigated when you flipped me off. That's true. <laughs> So just last week, just last week. So, 
Um, we're interviewing uh, James Coma, who's the vice president uh, of operations at Access Health of Louisiana, which is a federally qualified healthcare clinic that I am employed with, that Doc Griggs is employed with. Access Health does underwrite WHIV. We certainly are grateful for that. And what we're going to uh, transfer, the, move the conversation over, is to understand what an FQHC is and our role, not only our role as Access Health, uh, but our role as in a larger setting of FQHCs. Because I think it's still confusing. I did an interview this weekend. And, and uh, the folks that were interviewing me um, had gaps in were very, very well versed in healthcare issues, but still had because it's so complicated, the whole yeah. idea of FQHC. So I'll get to that in a second. Let me just just to kind of wrap up the story. So Mark then essentially uh, created Mark Kaiser created the clinic, yeah, the St. So Charles Parish Clinic not, in not for profit corporation. Right. Not for profit corporation. He created that at it St. Yep. at St. Charles Parish, which mm-hmm. was a need. I mean, it's unbelievable that, and it's not unbelievable, but I'm just so, it's so hard to keep saying it over and over again. Richest parish, poorest people, yep. right? I mean, it's yeah. just, that's, you big know, this of, is the big group of poor people, right? Big group of poor people. Um, and it's, it, but, but heartwarming to hear that when, and you, I think you taught me this or Ron taught me this, uh, that when we, we as access health pay attention to something, it always yeah. improves, right? So yeah. it's good to know that you put a clinic in a place, health, outcomes improve uh and and i'm gonna ask you about that but just to finish mark's story real quickly Mm -hmm. and access health then of course from that access health is born right and then from that an fqhc is born and maybe we can just kind of talk about that particularly yeah sure so um so it's interesting because um so this was a number of years ago you know um things have changed and i guess maybe in the current administration kind of become more more the same uh but it was uh particularly political when we first filed and so our first application was denied when our first fqhc application so was there even fq so that's a good point i thought fqhcs as a concept was a fairly that was part of the affordable care act and no 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 so okay because i thought that kind of medicaid expansion that's what i thought it was part of medicaid expansion so so fqhcs actually so give you a little minute history yes 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 so um uh, federally qualified health centers are part of HRSA, the Health Resources Services and Administration, and particularly it's under the Bureau of Primary Care. It's a, it's about a 55-year-old program. Okay. So FQHCs have been around for over 50 years. Um, they originated um, to meet rural health needs in that, you know, the country doctor um, really wasn't able to take care of everybody in the community. Um, so there's more people with needs or there's more people um, who are uninsured Medicaid and then they, ca- they don't have access to care. So that's kind of the two indicators. But it started in, um, in Mississippi, in rural Mississippi, because there was a lack of health care for people in the community. Um, um, so, it, so it started there. Um, then you have a very similar situation in urban areas. It's usually not that there's not enough doctors. It's that they won't accept uninsured patients. So what does this big group of patients do? Um, And so uh, then it spread today, if we roll 55 years forward, um, if we were one entity, we would be the biggest healthcare system in the United States. We would dwarf Kaiser. Um, if all the FQHCs across the country were one organization, one entity, we would be the largest healthcare provider in the United States. Right. So, what makes an FQHC? So, when it, what is the qualified of the federal qualified? Yeah. So, what does that actually mean? So, um, so the process is a pretty technical process. You have to file with HRSA, um, and it's a 
as you would expect in governmental things, it's very detailed and it asks you for a lot of questions and it's a big giant packet. It's um, not an application. You don't stay up all night and do this application. No, it's not, not, a one, grand. not one night. <laughs> right. We stay up many nights right. all night okay. working on this application. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it's technical. It looks for um, particular things. So it looks for what, what's the need in the community. So if we go um, to um, the Audubon Place, over by Audubon Park, and we said that's the neighborhood we're going to look at, and everybody has insurance, and everybody has access to health care, and you say, I want to, put a, want to put a federally qualified health center right here on St. Charles Avenue, right outside of this neighborhood, they're going to tell you no, because they all have access to care. So um, there has to be a, a lack of access uh, for primary care services. Um, so once that's kind of set, then it really is... Um, are you a not-for-profit corporation? Do you have a community board of directors? Um, the majority of our board of directors are, are also patients in our organization. So for us, 80% um, of our board members actually receive some type of service from us. Um, that, that, and let, let, let's just kind of just real quickly yeah, just sure. focus on that because that's such an important – You know, because sometimes we get – we get, I get lost. I mean, let me yeah. just say me personally, just speaking for myself, that sometimes I live in my own bubble and then sometimes I make decisions based right. on the bubble that I live in. And when you have input from the community that you are quite literally serving, I think that it helps those that are usually in the role of administration. Uh, it facilitates a conversation with consumers of that service yes. so that the, there's a little bit more of an understanding because – um, I, I could see, you know, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I could see that maybe administrators of a community health care clinic may not necessarily utilize the services of that clinic. Maybe they do. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But I could see that they don't. And then so yeah. they're but they're making decisions. So having a an advisory board made up of uh, consumers of those services is incredibly important. Yeah, no, it really does um, in, in a real way help us understand what's going on. Because when I walk in, so I do receive my health care from Access Health, right. but when I walk in, they know who I am. Right. Right. So I'm seeing everybody on their best behavior. No yeah. one's going to be like not speaking nicely the boss, to me. The boss walks in. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like everybody gets that terrified right. look on their face. Like, what is James doing here? Right. Um, so, so I don't really experience the true experience of what yes. a patient was. Yes. Yes. And some of and our, that's an, and that's the other point. You're yeah. right. Even if you do, <laughs> even if I even do if go, you do go. Right. Even if the administrators do go, you're absolutely. Everybody think about knows. It. We can't. We can't. We can't go in yes. like, uh, what's that, uh, you know, undercover Secret boss. Shopper. You yeah, can't, I can't be... go under as an undercover boss because I'd have to put a whole, you know, costume on and a, oh, dude. a disguise hold on, hold to on. go if in. If you could wear the little shorts with the suspenders, <laughs> yeah, you go in. The, the grancho glasses. Go to pediatrics. <laughs> they won't know it's me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is not going to happen. Undercover, no, right? undercover <laughs> boss. Uh, undercover boss. <laughs> So you can't you can't do you can't do that. And some of so some of our board members are like you know they want them to they want the staff to know that they're a board member. So they come in and say you know I'm on the board, right? Um, um, and then we have some board members that are like I don't want anybody. I don't want the staff to know course, I'm on the board. Of course, no. I want to go the... in and I want to see exactly. And we do. And we and they come back and they're like you you know um, I know it's this is the this is the quarter where we're collecting um, uh, patient questionnaires and I didn't receive one. Got it. Or did you know that the the waiting yeah, room air conditioner is broken today? <laughs> because when I went, the it was broken. I'm like, yes, we we know it's broken. Right. Yeah, so we really get good 
feedback. Yeah, it's, it's super important. And also oh, just the, and then more of the substance, substantial stuff of, you know, care, you know, the difficulties of maybe navigating through a system yep. or referrals, uh, difficult, you know, and that sort of stuff, billing, seeing if yep. billing is happening, you know, so it's, that's, I just wanted to, just highlight the importance of an advisory board that actually it, it brings in yes. not advi- they're board of directors yeah board, they're of, direct- board of directors yeah, they're, they're, our so, bo- they're all our right bosses. they're all of our bosses yeah. that are are the consumers of the service I, th- I just yeah. I think that that's important yeah and that and that really is a that's and a, is that is that part of the FQHC it's required yeah it's great fifty yeah, percent or more of course yeah that makes all the sense in the Re- world really are lo- looking for. Um, that leadership, that direction right. and vision of what is needed in the community, and you'll only really know that if you're a member of the community. Right. And so the first attempt at becoming an FQHC. Yeah, so we tried this really great thing. We have this really great board of directors. We we put in what we think is a really amazing application, uh, and we're told, um, no, you don't get any money. <laughs> and so uh, Mark and a couple of the board members um, uh, travel to Washington because uh, they want to have an answer, they're like, we put in a good application, and this is just this is pre-Katrina. It's a couple years. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is, is uh, so. This is um, probably eight, probably nineteen years ago, huh? yeah, almost twenty years ago. Yeah, it's like um, so, so yeah, eighteen years ago. Okay. So it's eighteen years ago. Okay. Um, so so they go up. They they go meet then with the the head of HRSA, who has you know eighty seven people in the room with him. Um, and they have this conversation and they tell them about all the things that you need to be to be an FQHC and this is what we look at and this is how we evaluate and blah, 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 blah. So they do this big long meeting. Um, everybody leaves and there's one person left who's kind of the person that helped coordinate in, in this meeting. Um, and he says, so let me tell you the real reason why you didn't get your application it really has nothing to do with your application. We aren't funding um, anything in Louisiana. Um, you know, your governor has been indicted for, for corruption. Your, um, insurance, your insurance commissioner is currently in jail. You have all this corruption, and we simply aren't going to send any money to Louisiana because we're afraid it's, um, someone's going to pressure you and essentially take your money. Huh. All right, and this is in, and with and this is the Bush administration, yeah, uh, which is kind of laughable. Way, way back, right, yeah. right, right. Which it was, is, <laughs> you thought you thought you had it bad, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. There's that too, um, and then uh, the governor. This was pre Kathleen Blanca, I would imagine. Yes. Right. I mean, was yeah. it, it wasn't Ed, Edward Edwards? Was it? Or? No, I think it was in between. I'm trying to remember. Okay, who I can't was, remember who it was either. Yeah, okay, my, uh, so it was basically sorry, Rommel civics teacher. Right. Yeah. So hold on. So let me just let me translate what they said. It was basically Basically, like Louisiana's corrupt. All right, big, big, you know, right? Big news. Big news, right? But because of that, we can't. the The people of Louisiana are unfortunately going to be made to suffer yes. as a result of that. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so, Mark tells this person, "Would you please relay this mission, uh, this message to the secretary of HRSA that um, I solemnly swear." That I will make sure that every dollar, if you give us the funding, every dollar that you use will go to the people of St. Charles Parish, and we will assure that we we will be a model health center. You will be proud of the fact that you invested in our organization in Louisiana, and we promise to make a difference. Huh. I, for a and second, I thought you were going to say he announced his candidacy for gubernatorial. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he definitely does not want to do that. I I know that for sure. No, but hang on, it's such that's such a smart move to do. I mean, it, it, yeah. obviously that one, and I know why you're talking about it because that one. 
that one moment right there was the vision was right for was, everything was why we have today. jobs now yeah. why people in St. Charles Parish are doing so much better yeah. why we are at the picking why, why, why we have why we have 31 locations <laughs> right. all across it's such a it's such an it's such great instincts to to be right there at, you know and and to be able to do that yeah so we have a visitor coming in actually so while we're doing that if you're tuned in Whoa. you are listening to 102.3 WHIV and you are listening to the get check get fit get moving get show moving. with Doc Griggs who's actually whoa wait. who's here yeah that's right I'm here. wait, wait. <laughs> I, what I see is 28 minutes hey, late on. Griggs let me he was warned <laughs> let me let me 20, say this he was 28 minutes late <laughs> This is how so apparently started. I walked into the portion of the show that Dr. Derry has forgotten how to use his words. Can you please explain to our users, our, our listeners, exactly what you were trying to we, say? We were as – I'm as, sorry. I, 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 my sign language is not that good. Now, 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 fellas. I think he was waving to you, Griggs, oh, with, with one finger. He was waving to you. I can count to so – right. And this is not something count I, of I, one, this, you, how about, this is two. This is how you is approached three. me last week when you said, let's get James on the show. You did this so how to is me. It exactly, exa- explain exactly what that is to our users. Is that called a claw hand? Uh, what, no, I don't called? refer to it as, is it, is as, it a, as a bird. It was like an herbs right? It should be in, in, in an aviary somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah at the zoo with the parakeet zoo. exhibit. Uh, that's right. Uh, so welcome. Thank you for coming to your own show. Well, well, thank you. 28 thank minutes you, late. Thank you, thank you for all the shows I, that you've been yeah. massively late in, you yeah. had to be the one that laid in with our boss being here. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> I hope whatever meeting, yeah, that, whatever yeah. traffic jam you were <laughs> whatever, stuck whatever in. Traffic, <laughs> using air quotes. Yeah, that, that part. <laughs> that, that, that part. <laughs> I, I hope it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you do have to. So you see the abuse that I put up with, right? It's horrible. <laughs> this, uh, this is it's horrible, horrible. I tell you. I was having a respectful interview with James. We were, we were, we were talking very high-tech FQHC kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And then you walk in. Well, then I bring in the community. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about community board members. We were just talking about community <laughs> board members. Dude, exactly. Right. English major, always relevant, man. Always, always relevant. relevant. <laughs> um, all right. So let me – let's just <laughs> – Hang on. So let's just let me yeah. just let me finish this train of thought, yeah, yeah, sure, and then right. and then you can you can talk and about whatever you're going to talk about. Long. <laughs> so right. it's never long. <laughs> Keep going. So we, we got were, him thinking. Holy smokes! <laughs> so we it were smoky in here. <laughs> See, you were prepared it's for a lot, this. It's a lot of hot air you coming from him. That's oh, why. that's why. We, that's, wait, 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 let me turn is, the air conditioning down. You know what's funny is the one of the one of the cardinal sins of and the death of any bad joke on the radio mm-hmm. is silence. Oh, that's too uncomfortable. I have to talk. <laughs> Jesus. That, that was a moment of silence for that hot air joke that just died. <laughs> oh, please. Please. <laughs> That one actually was poor. It was yeah, it was really weak. Yeah, it was really I have weird. to just tell you, it was weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expect more from you. That's okay. <laughs> I will overachieve. I'm no quitter. I, I keep trying. Hey. <laughs> so when are you going to start overachieving, brother? Like, that's what I want to know. So are you finished thinking? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that you came you 20 minutes late for you your show. He, he was on a train. You see how short Green. that thought was? <laughs> 
Um, he thought it was I, I am trying to finish <laughs> my interview with James. Keep trying. Man. Come on. <laughs> All right. We were just talking about how uh, Mark actually was able to uh, uh, secure funding for the FQHC mm-hmm. and and for Access Health. So let me just kind of jump, and then we can start focusing on this. FQHC, so, do, does the community know what FQHC We is? went over we, it. Yeah, did we did. You we not, it as you were times. driving over here, you did you not listen to the show. You weren't listening to us. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You, there goes. you know, there must be another pigeon or something. <laughs> sure um, it doesn't yeah. fall on you. These are bird droppings happening. Right um, all right, so uh, Use so just your words. real quickly, yeah, so, so F- FQHCs now, now yeah. in 2019 yeah. with Medicaid expansion. Maybe just kind of help explain that. Yeah, yeah sure. So, um, so in Louisiana specifically, um, we've been we're into about the third year, I think, of Medicaid expansion. So really, that has. Um, um, done done a number of things, but two main things that that I see is one is it's um, it really has ex- expanded the access um, mostly for medications. So if you're uninsured, then somebody has to help you get low cost, no cost meds, which means you got to fill out a lot of paperwork, you got to submit the application, you got to wait for them to mail the meds back to you, then you got to come back to your your provider's office and pick up your meds. And so, you know, we had a very sophisticated system that helped patients do that because that's what we needed to do. Now we just need to hand the patient a prescription. They go to a pharmacy or Access Health Louisiana Pharmacy and gets their prescription and then gets their refills mailed to them um, timely. They don't run out of meds. They don't have to, uh, you know, figure out what to do, call the pharmacy and figure all that out. Um, and so the fact that, that Medicaid provides that for patients as a benefit really makes their life easier. We know that. Does, and does that translate to health outcomes too? Of having, course. You know, FQ, we know that. Having pharmacies within an FQHC? Um, yeah. So it, uh, it, does, it does do that. The other thing is that it increases communication between the provider teams and the pharmacy. Oh, there's no question. I yeah, mean, so I, as a, of, for me to be able to pick up the phone and contact the director yeah. of the Access Health Pharmacy and talk directly with him and within minutes <clears throat> things are – text messages or email follow-ups and and while i'm still sitting with my patient and i'm able to yes you are going to get your hiv medicine tomorrow you know and that's amazing so the other thing that does uh when you talk about translates to health outcomes the studies show that uh in a typical system uh for every one patient that a patient makes to the doctor they make seven visits to their pharmacist with the connection of an in-house pharmacy not only is it does it guarantee more touches the, the controlled message is the same. The pharmacist can yeah. actually call someone within the system. What did you specifically tell that patient? We just sent him over it. It, yep. it closes the loop. So the message is more unified. So which increases again, coming to the community side, which increases the health literacy of both the pharmacist, the provider and yeah. the patient, because they're all speaking the same, same right. message. Yeah. It's and then important. all of those things lead to just better, better, um, safer prescribing. Right. So there is the more communication, the more connection you have between the medical team and the pharmacy staff is the the safer it is with regards to things that um, the team may not know back at the clinic that this patient is have uh, is prescribed these other medications we just don't know about. But the pharmacy brings those things together. Right. And so really safer, less um, medical errors, less medical errors. Um, better outcomes, better and learning and better understanding learning and, on everybody's side. And actually, in the long run, it leads to more meaningful provider visits because the patients yes. tend to, because yes. they see the yes. pharmacist yes. more, they tend to trust them more. So now that you have this loop, when they're calling back, they're talking to the pharmacist. When they're open, they'll be more open when they talk to the patients because, I mean, uh, to the providers, they're part of the same system. Yeah. So I'll actually tell you I'm drinking six a six-pack a day instead of two beers a day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not you personally. No, 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 no. Well, yes. okay. Right I'm just checking. Yeah, that'd be yeah. me. 
Right? Is that what you're pointing yes. to me? You might need right, to do an intervention. <laughs> um, Live on the air. <laughs> which we've been wanting to do, actually. But that's a different <laughs> – not, not an intervention, but doing, a, doing AA meetings. Again. Doing <laughs> AA meetings, actually. But that's a different oh, – yeah. A different story. So, so now uh, as we as we move forward, I know that Access Health thirty one uh, clinics thirty one clinics today, uh, and uh, which makes it uh, how's your job? You, you you probably uh, 40, 44,305 <laughs> patients. Jeez, one hundred and thirty five thousand medical visits. So th- this time next year, we'll probably be up to maybe be like thirty seven clinics, and you know, um, <laughs> with the growth yeah, that's been happening, actually. Um, Probably more. <laughs> yeah. So we have one. We have one. Pro- we have one project that I'm working he's, on right now. Not, that's he's not that's joking. more. No, I, no, of course I'm not joking. I know what he's joking. I know that joke. I was, was, not I was joking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, right, right. I know you can't see me, but no, I'm not no, joking. That's a serious face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, our, our mission is is that that you know we not to toot our own horn, but but we put together really great teams. And that's really where the value happens in our organization is with the people every day that take care of patients. People don't come to Access Health to see me or Mark or the board of directors or the other vice presidents. You know, you're, you don't come to see us. You come to see the providers. Right. You come to see the person who helps you receive that um, health care. And you, you see that together with the team of people that they, that they have assembled to help take care of you. That's where the value happens in our organization. And just on the numbers thing, so um, staggeringly, as I say this every time today, almost 600 people will receive care at Access Health, and that's people that had a direct appointment with a provider team. That's not who got spoken to on the phone, who got Mm -hmm. called with information, who got touched with more education. Um, So there's probably, I don't know, 800 people today that will be touched by um, the teams at Access so, Health, and I'm incredibly proud of the work so that they do. So let's just make the numbers more staggering. Uh, every week now, I'm on television, uh, and we do the radio shows. My numbers now are anywhere between 500 to 700,000 people a week um, within this region that we touch. That I'm wearing my Access Health hat. I'm, and we're educating the community about so. So, so, so now South I'm going to broad s- particularly. Well, South Broad was. I mean, that's where it started for me. Oh, that's yeah, that's, 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 okay. I, I, I have to wear this. Is that's your, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's your? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where you started. You have no idea South Broad. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's where yeah right. Yeah. We yeah, so a, now it's like 100,600 right, patients right, seen right, every yeah. day. <laughs> I'm going yeah, to say yeah, that because yeah. that sounds way more well, impressive. Well, and it's well, true. And when <laughs> right. you add uh, WHIV's reach, I mean, we're now talking oh, about 4 can. million on top of the 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> no. 4,100,600 patients every day. Susanist. Get checked, get fit, get moving, wash your hands, <laughs> right. cover your nose, cover your nose, cover your nose, your elbow. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Right. No Irish coffee on the air. <laughs> be accurate, be accurate. <laughs> so our, our new name for Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving now includes Get Check, Get Fit, Get Moving, Get Vaccinated, Wear Condom, Get <laughs> get Prep, Wash Your, wash hand, your hand, hand, Wash Your Hand, and get call, the, your, call Your Mom, <laughs> right. Get Some Sense. Get Some Sense, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, no, 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 the, the reach is really, is, is, is really amazing, and I think that, you know, and again, this is WHIV, and we're underwritten by Access Health, so just to have that full transparency both eric and i are both uh uh, employees of access health and we're sitting here with james como who's the uh vice president of operations uh at access health so 
I just want to be fully transparent with that. So moving forward, I mean, obviously, kind of what are some big plans? I mean, the stuff that you're allowed to talk about yeah, that, sure. that Mark is okay or that you guys are okay with yeah. sharing kind of what the big vision you is. Know, you know, um, so kind of our, our biggest area of growth recently has mostly been in school-based health centers. Right. Um, and that's really been driven around um, um, behavioral health needs. Right. And so um, multiple, multiple groups of people are are um, um, concerned about mental health care in schools. Obviously, you have um, bad outcomes um, in school sometimes. And then you have this kind of threat of some bad kind of thing is going to happen from the community, some kind of violence. Um, and then we have just the, the unfortunate situation of lots of students have. Uh, so we, we've just been working in St. James Parish. Uh, kind of in an emergency crisis situation. One, one student committed suicide at the high school and another one was murdered within two weeks of each other. Uh, uh, so, in the high school? No, no, no. Oh, um, they were students so, of the high so, students school. Students of the high school. I want to put a pen here. Um, and James, I'm really going to come into your area of expertise. Um, I've had to speak. I've had to speak once and I've been asked to speak again at a high school to parents because the prevailing attitude towards suicide is off the charts and during our generation growing up it wasn't even on yeah it wouldn't have been wasn't a, even on wouldn't radar. be something that we would consider uh one parent was telling me that they have a 12 year old who is happy as all get out but they were showing a video or something in school and their child identified with some someone in the video and they decided suicide was an option mm. um grew frustrated after going through intensive treatment the whole night so now Whenever the child gets frustrated, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm going to kill myself, and this child is 12, 13 years right. old. I don't know. Well, I have a theory, but but what is going on? But this is a real threat. At one of the high schools, they had two students commit suicide, then there was an adult that had suicide attempt. Um, the parents were like, I don't know what to do with the kids. Yeah. And, I mean, the answer I could give them, I went over what the CDC said, but I said, you need to spend more time with your child, and you as parents need to circle up as a village to watch yep. the behaviors. But what do you yeah. – I'm, again, I'm pulling on your this – uh-huh. is, this is you. Oh, this is a it, question. This is, yes. Oh. This is your, your, your theories and <laughs> I'm <thoughts>. sweating. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think I think you're on to a big part of it is is it's the it's the support system, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you can't count on your um, kind of family of origin to provide that, and sometimes you have to make that um, family of choice. Yep, um, and that includes uh, folks at school, um, in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know it's a challenge for for parents. A lot of the time, they're spending um, inordinate amount of time out at jobs trying to make a living to support themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. Most, most frequently, that's um, a single mom doing that. Um, so really, really hard and challenging. Um, the more people you can draw into that trusted circle, you really want the, the child um, to know that there's somebody that I'm going to be able to reach out yeah. to when I'm feeling that way um, who has at least some um, – minimal amount of understanding of like what I'm supposed to do next. Yeah. And when we get to the situation where like I really now as the trusted adult need to reach out to someone else who can help in this situation. Mm-hmm. So really setting up that kind of line of, of, 
um, support um, and kind of directly of like a commitment of if I feel bad, I will talk to one of these three people who I trust will do what's in my best interest and take care of me. So as Mark Allen will tell you, I, I, I ask questions to lead to the next question. The problem that I had, they get, they sent me literature where that they wanted me to go over the CDC signs of yeah. depression in teenagers, right. in teenagers, <laughs> yeah, mood yeah. swings, <laughs> uh, emotional liability, could be might, normal. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, fits of, of loneliness, uh, Could be normal. Uh, appetite changes. Oh, definitely normal. Varying sleep patterns. This it, all sounds like a teenager. Well, it sounds like I'm dealing with <laughs> Eric Grimm. Yes. Difficulty going to sleep. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So the, the, it sounds so, like human. So, so, uh, right. So the point is that, like, they, unless you have that one person that really knows, like, yeah, are you all right? It looks really wrong. It looks really wrong. Something's. Yeah. What do you mean? He, uh, James isn't talking. Well, he's talking. Nah. No. Something. Not like normal. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. And that, that's all it takes. Um, I've had I've had friends commit suicide, and none of us none of us saw it. Uh, this is ten, fifteen years ago. The happiest the happiest guy in the world um, goes to visit his mom, and then we get a call from his sister. We're like, wait, what? We were just yeah. you never know what's going on, and in this epidemic epidemic of loneliness that we're experiencing right now, particularly in teens, there it went from us playing outside yeah. to kids being inside playing video games. To now, they go on YouTube and they watch other kids play video games. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Or sit at a table from each other. And I've seen this in restaurants, which is really particularly crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, My yeah. mental health part yeah. of me wants to go over and say, oh, look, mom, dad, four kids, put the phones down. Because <laughs> right. they're all either texting each other or talking to or looking at stuff on the phone. And they, this is the opportunity for you to be able to see what's going on with your child or with your family member's so, child or with your friend's child because you might have those fresh eyes that see something see that something the person new. that's around all the time And you have a see. different relationship with each person. I can remember growing up, up until, wow, up until about 10 years, five years before she died. Um, as a kid, when I'd come into the house, my grandmother would take the plate uh, out of the oven because she hated the <laughs> microwave. We'd sit at the table and she'd be like, okay, so what happened today? phone i mean we didn't have cell phones if the phone rang we didn't answer it sometimes she'd just take it off the hook when i started you know damn, you know you're a teenager you're oh, talking yeah. to everybody right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, when man, a girl started oh, calling oh, yeah, i can imagine oh. i'm sure your grandmother's phone was oh, ringing yeah. off the hook so, so we would take she'd take the phone off the hook turn the tv off and literally i mean i got into the habit of telling my grandmother everything like yeah. everything uh all the way again like until my uh, early 40s uh, before she, she passed away but those and it wasn't just with my grandmother when I would go like say I would go over to your house and hang out and eat dinner the TV would be off and we'd all sit around the table uh, yeah the but, but you yeah. know so I so I one I just want to say we're all uh, over the age of 50 and Almost. we are we are <laughs> right and so right so you know you know, and we've had this. Yeah. We have this conversations a lot. And I, I kind of want to push back a little bit. One is I went to dinner on Sunday night with with Liana, and we were having dinner at a restaurant on Julia Street, and uh, wanted to check it out. We were sitting, and Liana and I were like also doing work. We were kind of planning stuff that's coming up, mm. and so we were both on our phones trying to, and we were engaging with one another, but we both needed our phones to like look at calendar stuff, to look up dates. We were, yeah. and and I took a step out of myself, and I looked. And I was like, oh, if you were just looking at Leon and I, we would 
look like that couple that typical that's sitting at a at a that's not talking, right. but that are on their phones. <laughs> and we weren't. We were actually needing our phones to yeah. engage with one another at that particular moment. Obviously, then once that was done, we put our phones away. But I think what we're doing is we're moving into another another form our phones are being used as another means of communication yeah. and 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 so i just want to say to some of the degree i feel like we're kind of like get off our lawn you know type of dudes <laughs> right. talking but at the same time i mean you know young people are using snapchat or instagram or oh, yeah, that is their form no, of so, communicating like yeah. for me i would make a mixtape and give it to somebody and that was right. my way of communicating and i give it yeah. back yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I don't listen. What is that? Like, that that is like not the, music. Yeah. The what dead Kennedys. <laughs> what is yeah. the cramps? Who is that? The cramps. So, the dead cramps. Kennedys. But, saying, <laughs> but but again, I, I made a bookmark. You put your. You did what you had to do, and you put your phones. We did. Away. We did. Right. Yeah. Phones away. So uh, I'm, I'm going to bring <clears> it to the to healthcare. Uh, I was reading an article about artificial intelligence that they're testing now. It's like beyond a clinical trial. Well, I said in the last phase of a clinical trial, there's a there's a robot, an artificial intelligence robot called my I'll send you there, Mabu Mabu. Um, there's a guy. It's a doll. It's this robot that talks. Hey, good morning. How are you? It'll scan and sense your blood pressure. You ah. talk to it throughout the day. Did you take your medication? It's an older guy. He was talking about how he feels lonely. He's not going to do when the studies. He had it for a year. Um, but they started doing the analysis. There's no substitution for human touch and the art. Yeah. Of medicine. We are social animals. You put your phones away so you can talk. Right. Um, the problem is the, the patterning, the, the imprinting that's being done is the kids aren't seeing that part. There's no interaction. If, if James is just an object to me, like in a video game, yeah. then I have no, I, Eric, I have no empathy. Yeah, Eric, I, I, I'm not arguing with you at all. I mean, what you're describing is obviously. Yes, that's the truth. But I'm saying that we are seeing a cultural shift in, 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 so, in, in our culture is evolving to another. Yeah. Now, what you're trying to say, I think, is so, whether or not that's going to turn out to be no, no, so, good or bad so, for. No, no. I'm bringing this into like my direct wheelhouse. OK. Um, when I first met James, I said I want to do community medicine. He's like, what is that? Well, I'm saying doctors. <laughs> He's still saying that. I've got a better idea people, now. People, people, are, people are spending less and less time with their health care providers, which yeah. means that they're not understand they don't have time to explain yeah. somebody's got to explain so people can take care of themselves i'm True. seeing the problem at the very beginning so the reason that i'll keep being the old cranky guy get off my lawn because eventually it's going to get to a point where we have to fix it so we have to start figuring out ways but can to we it. yes how yes sure. moderation Yes. So gonna, that's it. I'm going to throw it in there. It really is. That's from the mental is, health specialist. It, it is that. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's really. It's really with everything. Is is just recognizing um, that we can't always be on a phone or a screen. That we are social beings. We have to be in in relationship with other folks. Um, it is an amazing tool. I like. I don't know. I, Right. What, I would have like. not known the address of uh, WHIV <laughs> without, it, without right. opening up my phone this morning and going, oh, that's where I need to go. Oh, it's over. It's over right. um, there. I know exactly where that is now. Um, but, you know, we need to use the tools. You would never um, always have a hammer in your hand because it's a really great tool um, that you can use for lots of different things. Um, you know, yeah. even right. screw smacking you. Can <laughs> yeah. See, I knew it. Why did I know that? Oh. See that? You see it? You see it? You see it? You were doing the same thing. You were doing the same thing. Hey, Chippy. This guy's tooth got chipped. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, I'm going to have to write myself notes <laughs> next say, time. Okay, you sit over here and you sit over <laughs> Don't. here. Don't. 
Don't touch each other. Don't even, don't, don't even, don't look at him. Don't look at him. I got hit in the face with a beat and he saw it and he laughed. He's still but that's what just but that's he it's was beads. We that's what you're we, supposed to we do. Were on the show, we were on air a couple days before. And he's like, "Be careful when with people with beads." He was. I turned my face with and then two days later, I'm standing with him, and he got beamed in the face. Be I got and listen. He was standing right there. I got mad. I got mad at everyone and no one at the same time. I'm like, mm, Griggs, where are you going? I'm going to the bathroom. Right. I'm like, dude, but let's sit and laugh for all no, laughing. No, no, because it really hurt. It felt no, like, no, it hurt. It felt like Shaquille O'Neal took a bag of brass knuckles and went, pow. And I couldn't do anything. And then my eyes were about to start water. I'm like, this is nothing. Shut up. I'm going to bed. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Make that, so, ha- that per- hammer. You can't get this from a phone. Parades. Parades. And moderation. 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 Everything is about moderation. That's true. Everything is beads and moderation. Parades and moderation. Screens and moderation. I literally just said, "Be careful," because the beads will hurt you. He literally. Boom. Two days later, I'm standing with him, and he got beamed in the face, and I'm like, "I'm like, yes, they will." I'm pointing Leon. I'm like, "Look at this!" And I'm just like, "We just talked about that." <laughs> he literally he closed the show with it. I'm like, come on, dude, you don't need to do that. He's like, no, 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 it's no, important. <laughs> Watch. Um, yeah. All right, so so going all the way back, so it's interesting to talk about school based healthcare, and it's yeah. it's somewhat. It's somewhat sad that we. I mean, it Me used, too, right, right, and that because it used to be something that was provided, yeah. and 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 so you, I actually thought about. How, for a second, that are these school-based healthcare clinics? They're not only there for you know the 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 scraped knees, yeah. the colds, the, de- the delivery of asthma, asthma medications, that sort of stuff. Yep. But also, does it because does it also help with the so-called school or to prison pipeline uh, in the setting of how kids would act out in 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 the classroom? And now there's been this epidemic of just calling the police yeah. in, and then this is the, and the kids go straight to jail, and that of course starts a whole other cycle. That yeah. is part of the generational poverty and yep. structural racism and all that stuff. Yeah. Does having a school and, and maybe I'm asking something that's way out of the blue. Yeah, I could say, pull me in, yeah, because well, because you can take care of mental health issues yeah. right there if there's a nurse or if they're trained professionals. Then this way, instead of having to make it a a a criminal. Of, you know, if you've right. got a fourteen-year-old yeah. who's yeah. kind of yeah. who's, yeah. who has all the surges yeah. Yeah. of yeah. things that you were talking yeah. about, yeah. that it can be kept within the classroom. Kid settles down, figures out what triggered yeah. them, and then they're not, yeah. you know, go at a police station yeah. now. That's yeah, good. I don't. I would say I don't have like any kind of hard data on that, um, but it would say that. That opportunity to have an intervention before the police have to be called. Essentially, yes. Really is – that's one of the functions of the school-based health center. So really is working together with the school administration, counselors, nurses, social workers, um, teachers, Mm -hmm. uh, um, staff, really to look at like what kids need this service. Mm -hmm. What kids are we beginning to see might be – headed into a direction where there's something that's going on with them that we need to address. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I don't need to wait for um, parents to be, have the opportunity to take off a work on the day that they can take off and try to get their child in is that we can just reach out and go um, um, bring that child into the clinic and have that intervention happen. So, uh, you know, 
I say that about everything with regards to, to working with kids. If we have the opportunity to screen for things and really understand um, and catch things earlier, then obviously we have a better chance of intervening and making that different. And that includes behavior problems, some uh, mental health issues, behavioral health issues. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I believe is is that we really need way more dentists in schools oh my because gosh, yeah. because if a kid's mouth is hurting, you might see some behaviors that appear to be yeah, a behavioral absolutely. health or mental health absolutely. issue, and yeah. it's not. It's just because. Their mouth hurts. Right. Really simple. Which, which, their mouth hurts. Which is why that at the beginning of every year, I advise that parents go get their kids a tune-up. Um, if your last name is a W and you're sitting at the back of class, you're going to think like it's a behavioral problem. You really can't see the board. You want to get their eyes checked. Yep. You want to get their ears checked. You want to get their, their teeth checked uh, just for those exact things along with your regular physicals and all that other stuff because it just I mean it, it can make a world of difference I actually know I have friends that I went to high school with and I know parents of kids who go to the dentist go to the eye doctor the latent ear infections from the swimming yep. all summer because they go to the doctor at the very beginning of the year and get everything done they've seen the note of kids going from an F because they move their Move them from the back of the room to the front of the room, where they got glasses to where they could see to an A now. I mean, it, it makes all the difference, and it's subtle things that we don't think about. There's much more to the evaluation of the well-being of a child than a grade or a behavior. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's and it's great to hear that Access Health is is really on the forefront yeah. mm -hmm. of of doing that. So probably the question that I I have that's slightly changing topics, but I think is equally as important Not is new transition is yeah. what do you um are they called sprinkles or are they called gym? The, oh, uh, <laughs> so you want to go to? So you want to go to my knowledge in my in my oh, see what I did in my, was, was that sweet? And my sweet other idea. life. That was good. That was good. So 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 for 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 shameless promoting ice cream five oh four on the go. corner of Jennifer oh, at the High Baptist there Hospital. Was, that was sweet. That, that was, was very nice. That was good. Thank you, Mark Allen. I appreciate that. Um, so in the South, we call them sprinkles. Yeah. Okay. They're not yeah. called. So they are called Jimmy's too. So they yeah. they do have two names. Got um, it. Usually, and do we know what the origin of that streetcar is? Streetcar trolleys. Sprinkles, I yeah. No, I hate trolleys. Trolleys is wrong. No, wrong. Trolleys is wrong. Okay? Yeah, so it, That's San Francisco. Yeah, I'm right, just going right. to say my three-year-old friend knows the difference between a trolley <laughs> and a streetcar, <laughs> right. and corrected someone the other day really? who was visiting from out of town with his family. Uh -huh. That's. Mommy, she said trolley. <laughs> That's a streetcar. That's a streetcar. <laughs> um, What's your favorite flavor? Oh. Ooh, I like the... Um uh, of ice cream we're talking, of course. No, I know. I, no, I like, I like lemon, lemon, lemon custard. Oh, so we have, a, we have lemon chiffon coming yeah, soon. Yeah. So this in, week, I think. So real quickly, I, this is a great story. We only have like three minutes or oh. less than that. But I know that you have a friend that was making ice cream in his garage, and nice. you kind of created yeah. a, a business out yeah, of it. Yeah, somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody asked me this exact question last night. Yeah, so um, uh, my business partner and friend, Michael Southall, um, was um, using his aunt's homemade ice cream recipe um, to, uh, to wholesale some ice cream to one, one place in New Orleans. Um, and, and I was laying in bed looking at Facebook, um, I mean, uh, Craigslist, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh. The first the, Facebook. The first Facebook, <laughs> yeah, right, Craigslist. Right, 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 yeah. Right. Like, see, too many screens. Right. Um, in bed. In bed, <laughs> looking at Facebook. Right, yeah. Moderation. So I, so I sh shouldn't even say that. Moderation. 
<laughs> and now, you know, my iPad tells me, you've spent 38 minutes. Oh, with yeah. yeah. Now rub it in. Get up. <laughs> right. Rub it in. So, so I'm looking. Um, I see that there's this little ice cream shop for sale in New Orleans. And so I, I call him up. It's like 1130 at night. And I'm like, hey, um, let's open an ice cream shop. And he was like, no. <laughs> smart. Smart. <laughs> no. That is not what I wanted to do. No. Um. And so I said, well, I, I don't care what you want. <laughs> right. Now, mind you, this is my friend for 25 years. And so it didn't really matter what he so wanted. So it's going to take us, it's going to take me another 24 years before I could say to James, no. 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 I don't care that you don't, don't want to care. do that with your life. <laughs> anyway. You are doing it. So. <laughs> So um so we go look at this little ice cream shop. It's like um a hundred and seven square feet or something like, yeah. like one seventy five. Uh, no no no. Oh, so this is like oh, on Oak Street, oh, this little bitty Street, right, thing. So I'm like, yeah. oh, you can make the ice cream in here. Now, mind you, I've been eating his ice cream for every holiday for the last twenty five years. It's amazing. And I was like, it's amazing. Yeah. You need to sell this stuff. You know, quit your sign business because that's just bonk. Right. Yeah. And go ahead and make right. this amazing ice cream because people are going to want to eat it, and you and you should do this. So he makes all the ice cream there at the shop. Um, amazing flavors. And so we start looking. He keeps dragging his feet. Um, we go look at um, a place on St. Charles Avenue. I'm like, this is amazing. Imagine how much ice cream we'll sell at Mardi Gras. No. This is cool. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, so we land on this little house on the corner of Fret and Jenna right next to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we go and look. And he's like, no, I don't think this, I don't think this is it. And I'm like, how about you just meet me on Saturday morning? Let's just go, let's just go over there on Saturday morning and see what's going on. And that is before – all the 